0: All right, we're back. Her Business Radio, episode 19. Lot to catch up on. We've got Bilal Akaway, Lucas Brown, Dennis Hogan, so much more. But first, Everlast are having a little bit of a offer for our listeners, 20% off code for all HBR listeners. To get that code, keep your eyes on the Oz Boxing social media. And, you know, while you're on the computer, head on over to iTunes, give us a five-star rating because you love us so much. All right, I'm joined by Ben Damon, the classy one, and Jade Mitchell. How are we?
1: Really good, uh, Mickey. Uh, you should introduce yourself as well, mate. Uh, Mickey Caporelli. Yeah, Put I yourself, should, uh, but Ryan. I don't need an intro. No, you need no introduction. Well, uh, thank you for mine. Uh, pleasure to be here with you. Um, it's been a little while since we uh, chatted last, but uh, yeah, plenty going on. Huge news for Bilal Akaway. Um, and uh, some other bits and pieces happening all around the place. And, um, yeah, our colleague, Jade Mitchell, just happy in retirement at the moment.
2: <laughs> oh, mate, I'm not happy at all. Um, oh, I'm happy with where I'm at. I, uh, I'm i getting better and better every, every week as we go. I actually had my first pain-free proper boxing training session last night. Um, no niggles. It actually, everything felt great. We're actually going to start sparring next week, so I'll be out of retirement in no time. So your shoulders right? Good news. Yep, out of retirement just in time to um. Should Bilal get past John Ryder? Hopefully, hopefully Uncle and Bilal haven't forgotten about me, and we can get uh, get his first defence here and on, on Australian soil against me. Yeah, that
1: would be good. I think he um, doesn't he have to fight Callum Smith though if he if he gets
2: through. No, mate. A regular title. Can you? Can uh, who knows what you do anymore with the, um, the WBA? Um, yeah,
1: it, it is a very confusing one. So he's fighting for an interim yeah, version of the it. title. Um, Canelo has that WBA regular title at the moment. There was some talk he may have vacated before this fight, but now he's going to hang on until after his fight with Danny Jacobs. Uh, the winner of John Ryder and Bill Alaccaway, um will get an interim version of that belt. The uh, proper champion at the moment is Callum Smith. Uh, so yeah, it is a reasonably confusing situation. But what it is, is uh, huge news for Akaway, who was sort of hanging around. Um, there was some talk of various opponents. He was going to be on the undercard initially, then he dropped off it. Um, he was going to fight on the Thursday night in Vegas, in fact. But with David Lemieux injuring his right hand, um, Bilal Akaway just down the list at the world number five and jump straight into a huge fight and certainly the biggest fight of his career and the toughest as well. Uh, A really uh, winnable fight, you would think, because John Ryder, while uh, an extremely um, classy and difficult southpaw, is someone who does get hit a bit and Bill Akaway, by all accounts, is uh, extremely powerful. So I spoke to him uh, yesterday and over the last few days. We heard about this fight actually last Thursday, and it's just been sort of working its way out since then. And, um, yeah, he's very confident because he said he's watched a lot of John Ryder. He does get hit a bit, and um, he thinks that being hittable against him means you are beatable. So, uh, yeah, very best of luck to Bill Akaway. Mickey and I will be over there for the fight, which is... uh, you know, it was already exciting because of this huge Canelo v Jacobs fight. But now, with an Aussie on the undercard and in such a big fight as well, it's uh, doubly exciting.
2: Absolutely. Massive opportunity for Bilal. Winnable fight. Um, John Ryder, since the Rocky Fielding loss, has been on a bit of a tear, knocking out Nielsen, then Cox, and then um, the Intercontinental champion, um, Andre Um So, he's in great form. Um, hopefully... Bilal can find, uh, find Ryder's chin, and and um, that's all Bilal has to do. He just has to find you, and um, he does have that stopping power. So it'll be interesting. It's, yeah, well, I'm certainly interested. I'm, I'm backing Bilal all the way. I really hope he gets the job done.
1: And went back and had a look at um, Ryder against Billy Joe Saunders. It was a way back. I think it was 2013, but gee, that was a good performance from him. And Billy Joe boxed really well, um, started strong and, and then Ryder came back. Uh, Billy Joe sort of got back on top again and then Ryder finished like a steam train. And um, it was a really strong performance. And then you go all the way to that loss to Rocky Fielding, which was a split decision and another really tight one. And again, for a version of um, the Commonwealth title and uh, yeah, he he's um, he sort of seems to have abilities in, in different types of fights, and as you mentioned, his last three fights, he's um, he's shown that he's a banger as well, and he just uh, mowed down a few uh, pretty uh, pretty pretty convincing opponents as well. They weren't. Um, Easy beats by any stretch, but he's been in really good form. And I guess the question mark around Bill Lackaway is the standard of opposition that he's been in against uh, in recent times. He's sort of been nursing that world um, ranking a little bit, or at least his team has been and uh, hasn't been in probably the toughest of fights, but he has been winning them. He's got that world ranking still and they've been waiting for an opportunity like this and now they have it so uh hopefully the plan can uh can can go exactly according to what they've been attempting by hanging around against that level of opponents and and maybe he comes in and sneaks under the radar
2: yeah well i don't think i think rider's rider's team they'd be such a such a professional unit and um no one if anyone's is sleeping on rider at all you're absolutely crazy and Bilal has taken this fight only on two weeks' notice. So these are – I, the way I look at it, I see this as a tougher test for Bilal, taking this on two on two weeks' notice, and Ryder's the real deal. But, um, well, it sounds, you've spoken to them. It sounds like they've seen things in Ryder that they think they can expose and – yeah, all more power to him. I I really really hope Bilal gets the job done, because hopefully that means we can get a a fight here in Australia. The fight that we've talked about for ages between myself and Bilal. I would, I, yeah, that would be a dream, a dream come true for me if that was to come off that way. Just uh, just touching how you said um, have to fight Callum Smith. How does it actually work with the WBA regular? Interim and super champion because the entire time that um, you had Groves as the um, super champion, um, you had Tyrone Zoiger, um defend the regular title three or four times. So he never he never stepped up. And then you've we've had people like interim champions, um, like the fellow that uh, Flanagan fought, Gulmerian, who's defended that interim title quite a few times before getting his hands on the full title it's it's a strange setup is there any is there any rhythm or rhyme or rule to the way any of this works
0: the wba have not been yeah. consistent at all though with the
1: yeah there, there are regulations and you can read them on the wba's website I actually um have been doing that in recent days which is a, a tedious thing to go and do but um The fact is that, as Mickey just said, they haven't been consistent in the way that they have upheld their own regulations around uh, all of this. So um, rather than me going through them, it'd be better if you just people went and had a a read of exactly how it's meant to work, because um, you'll, you'll find that it hasn't precisely worked that way in recent times anyway. So, yeah, the, the fact was that when Lemieux against um, Ryder was announced, it was uh, well talked about that um, with Ryder being a room fighter, uh, that they were looking ar- around the corner into a potential yeah. fight with Calm Smith, which would obviously be a yeah. big fight in the UK. Um, with Bilal taking the position of Lemieux, that remains the same yeah. situation, but, um, yeah, whether there's the same urgency to make that fight immediately after. And then we have the... Um, fly in the ointment of uh, Canelo Alvarez being the regular champion, deciding not to vacate as yet. But maybe given that Bilal Akaway is his best mate, um, he does vacate immediately after the fight and maybe Bilal gets his wish. But you, you just don't know. There's a lot to play it's out um, and <laughs> we're not going to get any clarity on that. It's until super after exciting.
0: Well, let's not forget that Gilberto Mendoza a couple of years ago promised that he'd abolish the WBA
2: regular belt altogether. So...
0: Yeah, they're very unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen next.
2: But the gold titles in there now too, isn't it? Was oh, is that the WBO or is that the WBA? Yeah, the WBA. Has the, the WBO got, yeah. has got the global. Yeah, they do. Oh, and now yeah, WBA has the gold, I believe. Yeah. It's starting to
0: run out of names that they could like use instead of world.
2: I tell you what, as long as it's got the WBA attached to it, I'll <laughs> gladly get my hands on any of those belts. If you're listening, WBA. <laughs> I'm here, I'm available, I'm ready, yeah, let's I, do it.
1: I see that um, Canelo against Jacobs uh, is now for a WBC Mayan title as well, uh, like a Mexican. Uh, so that, that's wow. because of Cinco de Mayo. But, uh, what?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah that's, yeah, that's just a bit of a fun. fun. <laughs> I, how, like, mate, are they sanctioning for right? you, so. I don't think so.
0: Okay. Because then I don't do think will we- be fine if it's sanctioning fees.
2: WBC makes some of the sexiest, like, special occasion belts there is. The two fights with um, Golovkin and um, Golovkin and, and, uh, Canelo were <laughs> Golovkin <and> on <laughs> yes, what's-his-face. Right. Biggest name in boxing. Those belts looked amazing. And then you've had uh, the money belt as well, WBC did for Floyd Mayweather. They just, oh, they look so cool. But, yeah, just a bit of fun, I suppose, for Stinko de Mayo. It is a beautiful belt. How about Bilalba? Like, seriously, over there living tr- living and training with um, Canelo and now he's fighting Cinco de Mayo weekend for a world title on the undercard of Canelo. Like, that's, that's huge. He is living the dream. Yeah. Has he been sparring Canelo in the lead-up to this fight?
1: He has, yep. They've been sparring extensively. And uh, Canelo said yesterday after this fight with John Ryder was announced that uh, he's been feeling the power of the right hand or the right hook, as he called it, um, from... Uh, Bilal Akaway and said that he predicts that he'll be stopping him with that shot. Um, he said that uh, Bilal's been extremely strong in sparring and under the tutelage of Eddie Reynoso, he's come on in leaps and bounds. We probably haven't seen it. Well, Bilal admits that we haven't seen it in his recent fights. He was a bit disappointed with the last couple of outings, the way that he went, even though they were wins. But he says that he's feeling a lot better in preparation for these fights and um, the fights that he was meant to be had having and and now the fight that he is having against John Ryder. Um, so yeah, he's, he's right in this fight and he's in the perfect place. And, um, obviously as a 25 year old from Peakhurst in Southwestern Sydney, it'd be quite a journey for him to head over there and fight on this undercard and to potentially win a version of a world title. It's, um, it's a fairy tale story for him.
0: Yeah. So what's happening with, like, have we touched on whether Canelo's is going to vacate or not?
1: Well, we don't know. Um, so you would assume that he is. And. Uh, he did mention he wanted Kovalev. Y- yeah, well, <laughs> like, who knows? Does he get Golovkin in September again? Um, who's fighting Steve Rolls? Like, we, we don't know uh, what happens. Um, we're certainly not going to work it out here.
0: Definitely not.
1: <laughs> Definitely not. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting situation and a lot of power in, in Canelo's court, obviously, as there always is. But. Um, Maybe that association that he has, sharing a trainer and um, sharing all those sparring rounds does help Bilal if he does get through this fight. But uh, yeah, first and foremost, he has to get in front of uh, the Southport John Ryder and try and give him another loss. And uh, he'll go in as an underdog, Akaway, but um, yeah, we give him every chance.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully he can get the job done.
2: Fingers crossed.
0: Uh, last Sunday morning, early hours, very early hours. A very disappointing result for Lucas Brown. Did you boys stay up or get early, get up early for it?
2: Sure, sh- sh- stay up, stay. <laughs> yeah, I went easy through. Across, Mickey. Or
0: maybe just after one of your benders, Jade. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Out on yeah, another bender. Yeah. Um. No, I I got yeah. up for it. There's no benders, thanks. Um. I don't do that. I don't condone that behaviour either, Mickey. I'm a yep. professional athlete. Um, yeah look I, it's such a shame like Big Daddy was actually looking good he was in far better shape than he was last time at the O2 um, arguably won the first rounds, yep. couple of rounds and um, yeah then that body shot mate it, uh, it was nasty and uh, yeah. that's all she wrote for the big guy which is it's a shame and that's that's boxing mate it is the cruelest sport in the world and you land a shot like that, them's the brakes. Like there's no coming back from that. Um, hit him on the hit him on the on the sweet spot, and that um, that's yeah, All the hard work he's done, all the rebuild. Um, it's cruel, man. It's a cruel, cruel sport.
1: Yeah, he um he undoubtedly won those first two rounds, I thought, in that fight against Dave Allen. Was looking really good, probably wasn't really throwing his hands with power. He was just looking to pick off Allen with shots and he was doing a good job. Got through a, a few really nice uppercuts in the second round and was starting to mix up his work, was working off the jab and um, Allen sort of appeared to be just sort of waiting around to pick his shots and maybe get into some middle rounds of that fight and hope that Big Daddy was going to start to tie because um, he was taking a a lot of punishment. And then all of a sudden, um, Lucas Brown caught one in the nose and then overextended with his right hand. And um, then that left hand from Dave Allen was massive and he just couldn't get up. It was a a much fitter, stronger looking Lucas Brown in the ring, no doubt. But um, with that loss, all the plans go away. And David Price was meant to be next for him. Uh, He had a two-fight room with Matt, a uh, deal rather with Matchroom, but um, he's not even sure. I spoke to him uh, via message over the uh, from the other side of the world after the fight, and he said, "I don't even know what happens now. I'd have to check the contract to see if I still have that second fight, even though I lost." He, he's not 100 percent sure, but regardless, um, he was pretty adamant that he has no interest in retiring. He's 40 years old, and obviously a couple of uh, stoppage losses at the O2, but he said he's going to have two weeks off. Um, he's flying back as we speak, in fact, and uh, then he'll be back into training and he reckons there's already a, a few decent names around the place who are interested in fighting them, in, in fighting him, um, whether they're in the UK or otherwise in um, Europe or the US, um, he's keen to go on.
2: Well, the big fella's stock would have taken a, a bit of a hit, but we've got to remember it's only his second loss, former champion of the world. Um, and this, this, I just look at this as unlucky. You were unlucky. You got caught. That's boxing. It's cruel. The uh, the loss to Dillian White, on the other hand, um, he had all sorts of issues coming into that, and wasn't in the greatest shape. Admittedly, he admits himself. And um, I'd like to I'd like to think that the big guy can bounce back from this. Um, it's not like he's taken. It's not like he's taken. He took a hell of a lot of punishment. It was just that one big shot. And that's all she wrote. So, yeah, hopefully he can bounce back from this. But at forty years old, um, it's just it's going to be it's going to be tough. Hopefully he does land a big name and and gets back in there. There was
1: some talk um, immediately after the fight that that uh, maybe someone looking for a comeback like a Kubrat Pulev or, or someone like that might still look at um, bringing Lucas Brown across Shannon for a fight. Well they were going to do that once before. Yeah, um, the
0: be WBA regular belt.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, uh, who knows what can happen, but um yeah, it was a bad loss, but uh he was up and about and okay immediately afterwards. It was a bit less concerning than when um we were ringside against uh, Dillian White. uh and that was a, a really really nasty knockout. While this one was painful, it was um yeah, it didn't. Uh, it didn't have that sort of fear factor in it like the Dillian White knockout. That's for
2: sure. Yeah, no, that's that's and that's that's a good thing. That was brutal, Dillian White. But this one, like I said, I just see that as bad luck. It's a cruel, cruel sport. Boxing can it just sucks sometimes. So, well, yeah, let's, Dave Allen did
0: say he was working with Darren Barker. He was working on that particular shot. So. I guess you know, you, you prepare for something, you get that muscle memory, and then when the opportunity comes, you, you land the perfect shot. It was a beautiful shot. Yeah. Like, it oh, you know, really sharp and accurate and
2: timed perfectly. Yeah. Absolutely timed perfectly. As Ben said, you overextended with that right hand. He just slipped out, and boom. Yeah. Look, mm-hmm. it wasn't sorry. That's a knock on Dave Allenby saying that he just got lucky. No, he placed that shot, but yeah. <laughs> it's all it takes in the heavyweight division. Yeah, well, Darren Barker knows plenty about um,
1: nasty body shots as well after taking a peach from Daniel Giel in Atlantic City uh, when he was defending a version of the world title, the middleweight title against him. And Barker got up to about 14 on the count and the referee waved it off but then decided to let him keep going regardless. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Barker knows his bit about body shots and he got away with oh, yeah.
2: you've you've You boxed back in the day, yeah, Ben? Have you ever been... You're yeah, not,
1: your
2: level, no, but have not you at your ever, level, No, but case. not at any level. Have you ever been hit with a body shot properly before?
1: Oh, Yeah, I have. And it's not very pleasant. But I don't think that I've been hit with one like what Dave oh, Allen gave Lucas Brown. You no. could see that he was just willing himself to but try just, and get up, but um, his soul had been taken <laughs>
2: If any of the listeners out there see that and think that, oh, yeah, mate, you get hit by a body shot properly, I don't care how tough you are yeah. on the whiskers, you get hit with yeah. a body shot properly, it just paralyzes your whole body. You just get this shot of pain through your body. You get caught right on the end of your breath, the liver shot, right on the end of the short rib or right on the end of your breath, solar plexus, you get caught clean. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be the hardest punch, just a nice sharp shot. It just sends that shock of pain through your body and you are paralyzed. It sucks. It absolutely <laughs> sucks.
0: It's awful. It's like Oscar the O'Hour against Bernard Hopkins always comes to mind when you think of like sickening body shots <laughs> and just the look on Oscar's face just writhing on the, on the just, canvas in pain. If that
2: doesn't tell you how bad body shots are. I'm just are, laughing. I'm every one of my future opponents are <laughs> just going to fucking forget the head. Let's Let's chop this bloke down with body shots.
1: Yeah, and a cheerio to Kim Poulsen as well. Um, <laughs> send the contract.
2: Oh, no, thank you. Kim's, Kim, even I don't care how good he smells, it's not happening ever again. That was embarrassing that night. I should have had surgery before the fight. You want to get me going on a ramp, Ben? Where no, Where to now, Mickey. Mickey, save okay. us.
0: All right, well, May 15, we've got a big card at the star in Sydney, Tim Zoo fights for the Aussie title against Melbourne boy Joel Camilleri.
1: Yeah, very, very exciting. So Tim Zhu headlining on main event for the first time, takes on Joel Camilleri, who is the Australian champion. it's uh, for the promoter of um, Tim Zhu, Matt Rose and No Limit Boxing. The idea is to get the Australian title on their journey towards world titles. But uh, Joel Camilleri is extremely confident of an upset and of ruining the whole plan because... Um, He's been around a lot longer than Tim Zoo. He's um, been there and done that, and Tim just having his thirteenth professional fight. There's a lot of expectation on him, particularly headlining a show like this, and it's a really strong undercard as well. And there'll be a big build-up to it. So, looking forward to t- seeing Tim Zoo in action against Joel Camilleri, and um, just waiting to see how things go because, uh, well, Mickey, you've spent a bit of time with Joel the last few days doing some filming ahead of this fight. What did you make of uh, his levels of confidence? I thought that uh, he looked the part and he was he was talking the right sort of game when I saw him a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, he's in great shape as always. He's always in good shape. He's very confident. He, uh, he, he truly believes he can cause the upset. And you know one thing that people don't mention about Joel is that he's not—he never steps away from a tough fight. He's always taken tough fights in his career, which is the reason why he has five losses on his record. But he he believes in himself, and I think he's very tough, very durable. So it'll be a real test for Zoo and his power to to see how this fight transpires.
2: Joel, Joel for mine too. He's been around forever, and like Miggy said, he has taken real fights on throughout his career, and that's why he's got the five losses. But I really feel that Joel has learnt on the job as a professional. And as he's progressed, I, I feel he's hitting his straps now. And a fight like this, this opportunity, we're going to see the best version of Kamakeo. Um, he, he, um, he could spoil the party. Um, I know Tim is the favorite. But I just feel, in his, especially in his last fight with, uh, was it Ma? No, not Ma it really wasn't his last fight. Billy yeah. Lamov. Billy Lamov, but was a very inexperienced guy and Joel just bombed him out of there. Joel's got a bit of power. I don't I don't that that to me wasn't all that impressive for me. Um, the one the fight that really impressed me with Kamikaze is his two fights with Ma. Mm-hmm. Um, the first fight, he he did struggle with Ma a bit. The second fight, he was just a totally different fighter, and I really feel Like I said, he's learning on the job, and as he comes along, he's just getting better and better. It's taking him a little bit longer than others. But now you've also got to think, too, he's stable, mate. The the constant sparring he's getting now with Michael Zarafa, that's got to be helping him as well, that world-class sparring, week in, week out. So I truly believe we're going to see the best version of Kamakeo, and he's going to test Sue. I think it's a great fight.
1: Yeah, that's what makes it such an entertaining fight is that we just don't know how t- good Tim Zoo is, and Joel Camilleri is exactly the sort of guy who's going to show you. Tim Zoo has looked really, really strong throughout his career. He's 12 0 and over 10 stoppages, and against Denton Vassell, who's a former Commonwealth champion and someone who'd had 30 fights going into the last fight that we saw Tim Zoo in, um, that was his toughest test, and he just mowed him down in two rounds. Prior to that, he's had a couple of first round stoppages. Uh, He's been bashing everyone up, but um, he steps up to another level against the Australian champion. And with so much expectation and um, really the Australian uh, boxing community at his feet, Tim uh, Zhu, has to get through this one. And he doesn't just have to win. He has to look pretty spectacular in order to keep having these sorts of headliner fights. Um, So, yeah, really exciting. And what they have done as well is put together... A strong undercard. We're going to see Jai Opatai, his opponent. um, I don't think we can say just yet, but um, it's a strong one. It's a world-rated opponent. Um, Jack Brubaker takes on Cameron Hammond, which is a cracking fight. Um, Really looking forward to that. Love that. There's there's all the other bits and pieces, some good names throughout the card as well. And we see um, former footy player Justin Hodges in his second fight and um, all those sorts of things that bring a mainstream audience. So it should be a good night, um, May 15 a Wednesday night on Main Event Pay-Per-View. Awesome! Awesome. Style wise,
0: um, the main event for a pay per view it actually makes for an exciting fight because Joel's someone who's tough comes forward like likes to fight, and you know Tim's got that power. So it, I think it's a good fight to satisfy all the fans across the board not just the yeah
1: well there was a few potentials obviously um you know they've been trying to make the Michael Zarafa fight that couldn't be made uh, Dwight Ritchie was another name that that one couldn't be made either and there were a bunch of other names including some internationals but um Joel Camilleri in the Australian title personally for me was the the most appealing of the options um the idea of the Australian title if Tim isn't going to go on and you know, have this um, four-fight plan, as he's talking about, on his way to Jeff Horn. Um, it's a really good first step. And Joel is someone who we know is going to be in there and, and trying to win and who has a chance of winning as well. So, yeah, it's a really uh, enticing fight. Um, looking forward to seeing how good Tim Zoo is and maybe it could be the start of something special or otherwise it's just a really good story for um, a really good, honest Aussie fighter in Joel Camilleri. Yeah,
2: absolutely. In his five losses too, he's never been stopped. So... He's pretty durable, Joel, um, Joel. So it's yeah, it's just got all the makings of a great fight. Has he even been dropped?
0: Um, I don't. Th- I'm not. I don't think he I'm has. Not
2: sure, I'm not sure. I don't remember him um,
1: yeah. being dropped.
0: To be I honest, I don't think he's uh, ever been dropped either. So yeah,
2: Yep. very durable. Mate, the fight you touched on, and this the fight that could steal the show is Jack Brubaker, Cameron Hammond. I love that fight. Yeah, Jack Brubaker is always in fun fights. He can bang, he can take a shot. He's sometimes just got that opera upright style. He does get caught at times, but he's tough as tough as nails. And um, Cameron Hammond is just such a slick operator. He was a great amateur. Um, this one for mine could steal the show. I love this fight. Great fight.
1: Yeah, that's a, a really, really enticing fight for a mainstream Australian boxing audience. Um, Brubaker and Hammond, uh, they've both been sort of thereabouts that level and um, this is a huge scalp for either of them and credit to both of those fighters for taking this fight. It, um, it should be uh, the fight of the night uh, if something else doesn't completely jump out of the ground, but otherwise our main event uh, looks really strong. So looking forward to Wednesday the 15th of May at the Star and on Main event as well, um, I'll be uh, doing the coverage and, and looking forward to, to doing that. And in the lead up to it, there'll be plenty of content coming out via Fox Sports and main event social media channels, which uh, Mickey and I have been putting together. So, um, yes, yeah, some, some exciting times ahead with, uh, first of all, the Canelo jacobs Akaway card and and then this not so long after that. And soon after that, uh, Anthony Joshua will be in action uh, internationally as well as we wait to see an opponent for him.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's looking like it's Andy Ruiz is the front runner at the moment. He's been talking a lot on Twitter. Andy Ruiz.
1: Yeah, I I still reckon Michael Hunter um, (laughs) will end up with it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) What's happened to you? um, Yeah, yeah, Andy Ruiz. um, Yeah, he put himself in the frame with a a big win uh, on the weekends. But... it just feels a little bit more difficult to make that fight. Whereas Michael Hunter, is such a good story. Um, you know, he's sort of come in as a late replacement in a couple of fights on matchroom shows and um, looked devastating and stopped opponents. And to get through to this fight, you could make a bit of a story out of it, particularly um, given who his dad was and, and all the bits and pieces around him. But um yeah, he he is essentially a cruiserweight, but he punches hard. And while there's four inches of height difference between them, maybe it's something different to what AJ has seen before. Um, but yeah, it could be, could be any one of a, a number of heavyweights. But I, I tend to think that Hunter is in the uh, box seat at the moment.
0: You could argue that Hunter's resume is as good or better than Miller's.
1: Yeah, you certainly could, and particularly given um, what he's done in recent times as well. Coming into fights at late notice, given virtually um, no chance in in some of those fights as well, and, and the only loss of his career was against well one top of the pound top
0: for pound, fighter, yeah. pound for
1: pound fighters in the world, in Alexander Usyk, and that was um, that was a, a cruiserweight. Um, fight and he he was right in that fight. It wasn't as though he was bashed throughout. He he won a few rounds and, and did really strongly and then they put him in with Martin Bicoli, um, who was 11-0 and 0 at the time and he came out and stopped him at heavyweight um, which was really the welcome to the party for um, Michael Hunter and then he beat up Alexander Ustinov who they let come out for a few rounds when he probably shouldn't have. So um, it, it's not the... The strongest looking fight on paper, but you can understand why it might be enticing just because it's something different, and because he's an American, which I think is very important given this is going to be at Madison Square Garden in AJ's uh, debut in America. Yeah, it'd be a shame. Yeah.
2: It'd be a shame if there's just another pommy heavyweight in there with him. All right, yeah. let's see Shannon the Cannon. What's the update? Get him in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do a funeral. Go champ. Um, <laughs> I I would love to see Lewis Ortiz. I would also like to see Brian, the he, WBA. Is he the regular champ now? We want to go no. down the interim. the interim. Okay. We want to go down the WBA rabbit hole again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Manuel Char's the regular champ.
1: Matthew Char's the regular. Yeah. Um, oh. Joe Joyce is gold. Uh, Trevor Bryan is uh, ranked one. I think he's got an interim. <laughs> Who you gold? Say well? gold? Oh,
2: fucking mess. Joe Joyce. Oh, I said Joe <laughs> Lewis. So mate.
1: Michael Hunter's 12, Andy Ruiz is uh, 11.
2: They'll struggle getting a sanctioning fee out of Joe Lewis. <laughs> well. But, uh, yeah, but anyway. The but, old, but, Andrew
0: Ruiz might could happen though because he's Mexican and, you know, Mexican boxing is, you know, huge in North America. So Yeah. Oh, no, it makes yeah, sense. It's,
1: um, it, it's just, I, I think. Yeah, the other elements in and around there, um, Al Heyman would have a say there as well. Uh, There's a lot to work out with that fight, whereas I think Hunter just makes itself if they want to do it. But yeah, either of those, um, it's going to be plenty entertaining.
0: Uh, If you you were to manage Hunter, you'd want to give him a couple more fights at heavyweight before fighting
1: Joshua. Well, yeah, you would, but given the nature of what he's done and the way that he's spoken after those fights, I don't think he's someone who's looking that way. And he put his hands straight up as well. Um, Hasim Ruckman actually um, trains him uh, and he's someone who'd jump into just about anything and certainly throw him into just about anything. So yeah, I'm not saying it's the one that I definitely want, but I I just feel that that's the one that is most likely to happen
2: what about big babies out what about that polish what about the polish heavyweight who he actually looks like a big baby um what's his name he was impressive he, yeah <laughs> yeah he's
1: he's, he's rolled himself out um he ruled himself out pretty early on. He's also a Heyman fighter, isn't he? He uh, is, yeah, he yeah. Is, he's, he's, he's a Heyman well. fighter, and I think there's a lot of interest in making a fight between him and Deontay Wilder um, down the road. Okay. So that, that's probably For the far way. less money.
0: So, so that's a great business. I said, yeah. yeah,
1: but uh, Lewis Ortiz has also ruled yeah. himself out, so yeah. he, he won't be having it. Yeah.
2: Well, there we go. Well, it'll be very interesting to see. Maybe we get the. Uh, <laughs> maybe we get Joe Lewis, the WBA gold champion.
1: Yeah, maybe. Well then maybe. Let's yeah, see how we go. Sure.
0: All right. Well, Dennis Hogan, a couple of weeks ago. Very disappointing. Great, great effort. Uh, a lot of people felt that he won the fight, that he was robbed. The WBO I believe are rescoring it. Uh, what are your guys' oh, thoughts?
1: Yeah, I thought um I, I thought he was robbed. I certainly thought he won the fight. Um I think we have to talk about his performance yes. firstly. Yeah. Um an incredible performance to go over there against Jaime Munguia uh was given no chance by pretty much anyone uh and went out there from the first minute of that fight and looked really strong won the first rounds and boxed beautifully uh managed to spoil and and, and hit Munguia with uh, heaps of shots and through rounds 9, 10 and 11 he hurt him in each of those rounds which is just something that no one would have thought possible. So a brilliant performance by Dennis Hogan. And while it it wasn't a a runaway victory, I thought that if that fight was in Brisbane, he would have won it by probably 10 rounds to two. Over there, I thought he maybe he would have got it by sort of 7-5 or maybe even 8-4. Maybe you could find a case for a draw if you're really trying to score him to Munguia. But the uh, cards were way off. And yeah, they've decided to to rescore it. Um, Let's see what that does. There was a lot of controversy. There was no drug testing in the fight. Um, A a lot of bits and pieces happened. But uh, yeah, really unfortunate for Dennis Hogan. But while he was a nobody essentially in world boxing going into that fight, um, he is now most certainly a somebody. And he shocked everyone. He's better than I thought he was. And I've called most of uh, Dennis Hogan's sort of last 10 or 15 fights. And um, that was just an incredible performance. He is a a legitimately top class boxer and he won that fight.
2: Well that's the thing. Um Hogan really rose to the occasion because even we said no one really gave him a chance and even us guys us us three, if we're being honest, we knew that Hogan did have the tools to potentially do it. But my God, he did he ever rise to the occasion? I thought it was a brilliant a brilliant performance and the thing is he's so crafty like just constant movement. You've got Hame Munger who comes forward and Anui who he fought um, before. He looked like a, a monster against him. Yeah. They stood toe-to-toe and just went at it. Stand toe-to-toe with a man like Hame Munger, you're in trouble. But Dennis Hogan, his boxing IQ, his continual movement, and he, he would – Yeah, footwork. his continual movement. His footwork was great. And the thing is, is he didn't allow any rhythm or rhyme for Harmay to get into. You could see he'd change direction. As soon as Harmay would go to adjust, he'd pop him. Then he'd be straight out. He'd pop him again. It was just such a brilliant performance and just so smart by Hogan. And I absolutely love, love that. Like that's, it was just a clinic. I absolutely loved, loved the performance. I love the movement. I love the boxing IQ. You could, Just, yeah, it was sick. I'm such a Dennis Hogan fan now.
1: Yeah, I think um, a lot of people around the world are now Dennis Hogan fans as well. And um, his stock has certainly increased in front of a mainstream audience, particularly um, in Queensland, because uh, it got a lot of mainstream coverage, that fight. And given it was a robbery and, and given how well he handled himself afterwards and given, obviously, he has the same trainer as Jeff Horn and Glenn Rushton, um yeah he he's come right into the uh public eye now and um I, I hope that he gets a rematch against Jaime Mongera and I hope that can be done here in Australia, but if Munguia goes up in weight, as there was a lot of talk think, he would be doing, and then Dennis can, can fight um, for a vacant title, then that would be just as good. Um, whatever happens from here, Dennis Hogan, is uh, he's right there in world boxing.
2: I think that this is a uh, perfect opportunity for him to step up in weight now, because it was an absolute clinic by Hogan. And the thing is, is everyone buys these big punches, these massive punches. He's a monster. He's this, he's that smarts smarts beat him on the night and that's i base my boxing off of that is off of movement and stuff like that That, that's why i love it even more that really? hogan he was the underdog and everyone was so pumped up about munger he's a monster he's so powerful he's this he's that he's going to destroy hogan and mate with boxing iq smarts continual movement hogan did not let the puncher set he didn't give him a chance to let his let his work go he didn't he didn't not once did he stand there and just trade with him. Everything was on Hogan's terms. Brilliant performance, Dennis. I'll tip my hat. That was Yeah,
1: that that it was I actually thought of that afterwards. That that was porn for Jade Mitchell watching Dennis Hogan's boxing performance against the beast in that ring. That's the sort of stuff that um, Big punches that you just mate. love to see.
2: Fuck him. Who cares about a beast? Bring it on. <laughs> mate, I love Dennis Hogan's performance. That's that's I love that shit. It was awesome. Yeah, don't yeah. pay Fuck the bills. the hype <laughs> of these big punches, man. Skills pay the fucking bills. Zach done. let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, okay. we well. we'll get to done later. I'm not getting, you're not getting out of this podcast without at least one done, man. Um, we'll get to that later. we got some stuff to do. Okay. So everyone can <laughs> tune out. Here he goes again. Yeah. Now, before we get to that, there
0: is um, something else that's a little close to your heart. Sam Solomon had his farewell fight the other week.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, he um, he boxed well, boxed very, very well. Um, I think Mark Lucas was probably the perfect opponent for Sam. Uh, very dangerous opponent. Um, that's how Sam Solomon likes it. He doesn't... His last few fights, he's taken on guys that he hasn't had to fight. He could just do his farewell tour against whoever and people are going to come out and see Sammy Solomon. But he took on Mark Lucas, who had everything to gain, nothing to lose. Good, sharp, young, hungry boxer. And um, stylistically, it was was sort of the perfect style for Sam because he is so structured and he is such a classic boxer, Lucas. And he's long. Um, Sam didn't miss a beat all night. Uh, He was able to make Lucas miss, able to mug him with those weird, weird angles and weird um, punches that Solomon lets go. The combinations that just come from where they shouldn't come from, but Sam just, Sam, Sam, there's only one Sam Solomon. And um, it was, yeah, it was a really good performance to see him go out like that. Matt-
1: yeah, an incredible performance, really, for him. I, I didn't like the look of a, a fight against Mark Lucas, but um, and I haven't seen this fight. I was um, I was out that night, and I was going to have a look Either. at it um, when I got home, but um, it was on a lot earlier than I expected. Um, oh, he would have been no, I
2: put away back a bit inside before, before they um, served the um, cured meats, I would have thought, um, Sam Solomon. Knows. Why did they push um, his the forward? No, he was forward, so he could go yeah, out and yeah. back, okay, get changed just, and whatnot, man, and then come back good. out, and they do like a, a bit of a celebration of Sam's career. So they had a few few speakers in there, a few people near and dear to Sam, and um, yeah, they yeah. they uh, had I think Chris Tursey. I, I mean, I think um, Zarafa fixed up our man Les Sherrington, um, and then Chris Terzi, Um got Hayden Wright out of there and then, yeah, then they did the celebration of Sam's career at the end of that. So giving him time to go back, get changed, get ready and, um, have a chat to everyone. So, yeah.
1: And are we confident that's, um, that's it for Sam Solomon. He won't be tempted back in after a performance
2: like that. I think he would be tempted back in. Um, look, I really, I love Sam Solomon, not only as like uh mate, the guy's been one of my favorite fighters over the years once again he's he's not not one of these punchers he gets a job done uh, other ways and um i absolutely love sam he's a mate of mine he's like a hero of mine i i would like to see him go out on that performance um look i I don't, it's, just, it's hard for me to say because I know what Sammy's like and he'll want to challenge himself again. But, mate, you were the champion of the world and you beat the world champion twice in his own backyard. You beat killers in their own backyards. And the guys that he's been fighting recently and having tough fights against, they didn't belong to be in the ring with, Sam, with the prime Sam Solomon. So... I don't know. It's a tough sport, and he's fought some absolute killers over a great long career. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to see Sammy back in there. I don't think there's any more that that man has to prove. Sammy, you're an absolute legend, and you're one of the best fighters we've ever produced. And so often, his entire career, he was the opponent, and he still found a way to become champion of the world in the champion's backyard. It's a great career. Why do you have to go on? But yeah. we'll see because he, he, he's yeah. Sam Sam. He's he's an absolute machine at the age of 45, still fitter than most fighters out there. Well, most, I'd have to say 98% of fighters out there. The guy's, he's an animal to train alongside of. So we'll see. But I hope that's Sammy's last roll of the dice. Unless something good comes his way, I think we we yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, hopefully, that's that's it for him because he's done more than enough. And those victories over Felix Sturm uh, in Germany uh, are the highlights for me of of what's been a magnificent career. And um, a couple of fights with Sakio Bicker as yeah. well. And so yeah, he, he's, I mean, done, well, hell, he's, he's done.
2: He's done all the
1: uh, Yeah,
2: right he's yep. he's done it all, Sammy, and done it on other people's terms, and still come out on top. And sorry I was yeah, so mate. long and drawn out that there. It's just a really hard right. question for me to no, answer no. because... No, no, that's that's
1: exactly what we were asking for. Um, and, yeah, helpful, and I think people... Um, <laughs> I think Mickey's taking the piss out of you, but I'm... Uh,
2: no, I'm I was legit. <laughs> okay.
1: Mickey's trying. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's long yeah. and drawn out, but, so,
2: mate, I, um, it's hard for me because I'm such a good mate of Sammy's now, and I love the bloke, and yeah. I'll back him in whatever he does. But I think... You, if I could achieve what he had in his career, I'd gladly retire and um, drink all the brew beer Australia Draft that I possibly could. Shout out to brew beer and Australia Draft.
1: Thanks.
0: <laughs> yep, nice, okay. nice. Speaking was- of um, long-winded Jade Rance, Zach Dunn made quick work of Patrick Rockhold. Yeah,
1: he did. Um Zach Dunn, arguably, Australia's leading <laughs> <to> middleweight. Typically, um, <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne. Well, I
0: yeah, we'll, argue with you about uh,
1: that. Victoria, Don't you uh, worry. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was um, – I, I got to see this fight and, um, yeah, he took him apart. We pretty much expected that he would. Um, looked uh, a little bit of a flimsy world-ranked opponent, That's Patrick Rockall, but, um, gee, Zach just tore him to pieces. Uh, looked really strong, probably the best he's looked for for quite a while. Um, And I was interested to note that uh, after the fight, there were no signs of uh, Jade Mitchell. Did you see a little bit more than what you liked in there from Zach Dunn?
2: I just saw, I honestly, mate, I just saw the same thing. I saw they've paid money to get the weakest rated opponent that they possibly could. Um, Rockhole was a joke, mate. He got out of the ring. He quit and walked out of the ring. Um, I, it just frustrates the hell out of me, mate. Zach, you called me out originally. When I fought Kerry Foley, you said, if I win, you'd like to fight me. Guess what? I won. I want the fight. And then to get on the microphone again and say, oh, we're happy to fight, Jade, whatever, guess whenever, guess what? I'm ready in June. Your next fight is in June in Melbourne. I'm in Melbourne. Fight me for Christ's sake. Let's just do it. Let's, let's give everyone a good fight. I don't understand why we can't make this fight happen. You've said it that you'd like to fight me, but it's not happening. I spoke to Brian Armatruder today, and he said they don't want it. They don't want the fight. It's not going to happen. Look for something else. So it's just so frustrating for me. If you're world-rated and I'm world-rated, why aren't we fighting each other? Because you're trying to get other world-rated fighters, the weakest links in the world ratings, which you did with um, Patrick Rockhole. Congratulations, that was really good by your team. Um, I know it cost a little bit, um, but mate, if promoted properly, we could make this fight happen, and we there'd be drinking in it for both of us. It could be something big. I, I just don't understand. It just. Uh, I, i do, i I understand perfectly they don't want to risk it. I think they I think they realize that stylistically I'm a nightmare for Zach Dunn um and look, I respect Zach Zach could knock me out with either hand, but I'm prepared to take that risk in order to give the Australian public a good fight um, when Kerry Foley called me out and my bigger fight fell over with the Vagenda scene, I took the fight straight away because that's a fight people want to see. And Kerry Foley is a dangerous opponent. And if I couldn't beat a fighter like Kerry Foley, then I've made the wrong career choice. There's easier ways to make money than boxing. You get knocked around too much. We're both world-rated. Let's fight. Let's do it.
0: So in summary, you're both world-rated, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. So you do want the sure. fight. Is that actually <laughs> <I'm laughs> sure What did he say,
0: Mickey? He basically said that they're both world-rated, I think. Said that okay, ten so times. Yeah. Uh, okay. Jade was No part of him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm back in June. Yeah, no He's meant to be fighting in June. He will yeah. not fight me. There you go. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, and their schedules clash, so it's not going to happen.
2: Their schedules clash perfectly. Okay. Like they okay. clash that well that okay. we could even fight on the same night, and they won't fight me. It's ridiculous.
0: All right. Well, Zach, if you're listening,
2: give Jade a call, please. <laughs> please. Yeah, please.
1: For <laughs> our sake. <laughs>
2: for the show's sake. Uh, for Australian boxing's sake. Yeah. For fuck's sake, just call
1: me. <laughs> there you Yeah, well, um, cool. Are we just about done with all the agenda items you have there, Mickey? I think
0: I may or have forgotten to mention, um, for all your boxing apparel needs, go to www.everlastboxing.com.au.
1: Okay. And, um, yeah, a couple of other fights worth mentioning. It just depends when this comes out. But, um, yeah, Billy Dibb's making a comeback. Uh, That'll be Friday night, so this may have gone, but the Friday after Anzac Day. Uh, Luke Jackson's on that card as well. Um, Bowie Tupo's on it against Randall Raymond. Um, He hasn't been around in a while. Yeah, so interesting night of fights at Hurstville that's occurring. And then um, an Irishman who will happily claim as an Aussie, uh, TJ Dehaney, is fighting for a unified world title in a massive fight in uh, LA. So the very best of luck to him. That'll be um, this weekend. So a couple of really interesting fights involving um, some names that we know very well. Uh, Undefeated
2: champion of the world. Why aren't we hearing more of him? Does TJ actually claim Australia? Um, I, I tried to explore this um, a little bit more with Mike Altamura
1: um, and I said look I, I think it's just that people don't know um, no. does he want to come out and say he would like to be considered an Australian I know he's not an Australian citizen uh, there was some talk he was going to make some moves in that direction he's been based in Ireland in recent times but I know his partners from Perth so um, you know we, we've got Dennis Hogan who we claim um, and he's obviously full-time based in Brisbane but TJ, because he's been a little bit back and forth and maybe hasn't been quite as outspoken, um, we, we haven't been able to claim him just yet. But uh, we'd be certainly more than happy to. And he's a nice fella as well. Um, Absolutely. I, I've, I've had a bit to do with him. So, uh, yeah, if he unifies <laughs> the world title, Come on uh, on. we'll have him at uh, Band and Weight. He, he fights against uh, Daniel Román uh, yeah. at the Forum.
2: Cause it's always confused me. Does he actually claim Australia? Does he not claim Australia? Why aren't we hearing of him? He's an unbelievable fighter. He's the undefeated champion of the world. Like, yeah. if I- well, well, if he does
1: or if he doesn't, he hasn't spoken out very strongly about it as yet. That's what I was talking to Mike about. He said, yeah, he doesn't speak out very strongly about anything really. So um, I just maybe said- it's in his best interest too because um, he's such a good fighter and he's a lovely fella and um, you yeah, would happily have him.
2: Oh, He'd be embraced by the Australian... Public, if he was put out there to us, but he's just—he's just not. He'd probably also take over the um, Oz boxing pound for pound number one place as well. There's a lot of yeah, uh, lot yeah of, he may well time, do. Every he time, time well that comes do. Out, everyone just ripping into um, ripping into Oz boxing about Dahoney.
1: Yeah, and fair enough too, because um, in the Brock Ellis is yeah. well out of line. Yeah, and he's his, he's uh, yeah.
2: yeah, It's a shame that we've got a racist um in control. <laughs> What number are you in the most recent rankings, uh, Jade? Um, I have no idea, mate. I'd be i would okay. be, I'd be surprised if I'm even hanging around in there because I'm because inactivity. Tired, according to you. Inactivity and a,
1: a lack of willingness to fight Zach Dunn. Who knows? Um, yeah, uh, maybe, well, maybe someone uh...
2: takes my spot for that spectacular win over that real world beta rock hole. Maybe okay. that happens.
1: Vicky, put a stop to this, oh. please.
0: <laughs> oh, I guess that's it. We've covered everything. Um, we have summary, Jade once Zach done. Yep, <laughs> that, that's a takeaway from today.
1: And Mickey, I'll see you in um Las Vegas next week.
0: Yeah, a few days to go. Looking forward, to that. yeah.
1: Look, very, very much looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, some huge stuff coming up in Australian boxing and world boxing. Um, 20 and
2: yeah, 29th what? of June. I'm looking at a return, maybe I could um. Come over to Vegas and fit one more bender in with the boys after the fight, eh? Let's do it. Let's do it.
1: You're more than welcome. Well, Jade, if Bill Akaway were to win on the undercard, um, we could get you some accreditation. I I see no reason you couldn't storm the ring um, at the (laughs) T-Mobile.
2: Take your shirt off like Tyson (laughs) Fury. uh, Security might have that on lock, I think. um, Yeah.
1: I'll get you a a pass to get you in the ring. Imagine. Not only will I
2: not get a fight with Bilal Ackerway, I'll have my ass handed to me by security. Imagine the local commentary going, well, who's this fella? (laughs) 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 Little do they
1: know, it's world-ranked super middleweight Jade Mitchell, who has an ongoing beef with the uh, man who's
2: just won the fight just some um, desperado from Australia trying <laughs> yeah. to get a place hey, Super baby. middleweight. <laughs> 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 uh, big baby uh, Mickey.
1: Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jade. Thank you, no worries, Mickey. Boys.
0: All right, fellas. Uh, all right, bye-bye. bye-bye.